God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain sect. talking about the church, isn't it? The Lord's house, the building of the Lord's house. We spoke about the church as the cornerstone of every civilization, part two, which was also mixed up with many other things. Amen. So today, I want to continue still on the church, but dwell a bit more on how the church is organized. Hallelujah. Now, in this case, I speak of the specific church. Amen. Yeah. In terms of how the church is organized, there is not a lot in the scriptures concerning the very detailed, specific organization of the church, okay? So more like you can read things and see it clearly, though this is how it is supposed to be. No, it is in the appreciation of the wisdom that belongs to the church that we get to see how the church ought to be organized. Hallelujah. In other words, the church and how the church ought to be like is actually in the message of the church. So when we take the message, the word of God, the doctrine of the Lord's new church, when we take that message in the way that it applies to our own lives, okay, in the same way it applies to how we as a people who have believed the same doctrine ought to be organized. Please understand that. Yeah, so the principles for how the church ought to be like is in the message. It's in the message. Amen. It's in the message. So with a good understanding of the word of God, you can know how things ought to be in the Lord's church. Amen. Number one is that the Lord's church is organized around the word of God. Now, this is easy to understand, isn't it? We cannot be a church. Paul said that the church is the pillar and ground of truth. So we cannot be a church without the word of God. And it is not just that the word of God is preached, but our common interest our specific interest must be the word of God. It is the word of God that must be our primary interest. Hallelujah. It is the word of God. If we are going to be a church successfully, that is a specific church successfully, then 
we must have the word of God as our primary interest. Hallelujah. So the word of God as our primary interest must be our common interest. Without that, we cannot be a church. So you can look at the church as a group of people who have rallied around the word of God with the word of God in their midst. It is like the people of Israel in the wilderness. When they encamped in the wilderness, they encamped around the tabernacle. Hallelujah. And the tabernacle represented to them the word of God. So the word of God was in their midst. That was their common interest symbolically. That was their common interest. Is that okay? And we also must have the word of God as our common interest. For instance, when we meet, it should be obvious amongst us what it is that our priority is. When we meet, it should be obvious amongst us what it is that our priority is. When we deal with ourselves, it should be obvious amongst us what it is that our priority. We should always be striving to apply ourselves and to conform ourselves to the word of God. That should be our common interest. Amen. We should strive to apply ourselves and to conform ourselves to the word of God. When we deal with ourselves, it should be obvious that it is the word of God that must prevail amongst us. When we are trying to think, it should be obvious that it is from the word of God that we are trying to think. That is the nature of the church. The word of God is paramount. Hallelujah. Our interest in meeting here like this should be because of the word of God. It should not be that we come here for any other reason apart from the word of God. If there is any other reason, it must be subordinate to the word of God. The word of God should be why we meet. Hallelujah. The word of not the fellowship. Not the fellowship, not some people that you meet. Hallelujah. Some people enter places because where they are coming from is hot. So I know people that can be walking through town and will enter a banking hall. Not because they are going to do it, but the weather is hot. You understand? So they enter the banking hall to drink water, to enjoy the AC, and then when they cool down, they leave and continue the journey. What do you think? <laughs> you see, you can't come to church because of such things. Hallelujah. When we meet, it is the word of God. So if you are sitting here, it's the word of God. That's why for us, we try as much as possible to eliminate many things. And everything that we do is so that the word of God being preached to us will be facilitated. Everything that we do here. So maybe you've, you've been here and you see that we don't do some things. You understand? It is because the word of God must be paramount. The hearing, the preaching of the word of God must be paramount. And our concentration must always be on the word of God. Our concentration must not be on a group of people who come to the front to dance. See, there's no space for you to do that, right? Yeah. If you want to dance, you can. Dancing is not a sin. If you want to dance well in the spirit, you could stand where you are and dance. What do you think? Yeah, it's possible. So we try to eliminate those things. That's why 
We don't do things like choreography and things like that. I know maybe some of you like it, but when we meet here, it's the word of God. Hallelujah. And choreography and drama and things like that, even though we can say, oh, but it still portrays the word of God, but there is nothing that portrays the word of God like the preaching of the word of God. Hallelujah. So we want more time to preach the word of God. Amen. We don't want to play a drama where we have to look into it. It's like the drama itself becomes like correspondences where we have to look into it before we can see that this is the word of God. What do you think? Yeah, we, the preaching of the word of God is enough. And it's in the scriptures. The proclamation of the word of God. That is how the word of God must be. It's in the preaching. Hallelujah. It's in the preaching. When Jesus came, he did not call a group of people to act out a play to portray the word of God. What do you think? He preached the word of God. So, but he told stories. Okay, so we tell stories also in the preaching. What do you think? Yeah, we don't want to be distracted. It's not that a play, you can watch a play in your house. What do you think? Yeah, when you are home, it's not a church in organization. You are dealing with many things. You understand that? Yeah. So when you are home, you can watch a play. What do you think? Yeah, you can watch a play and be happy. So play, there are lessons. Yes, watch it and learn lessons from it. That was powerful. You get it? But here, when we meet, is the preaching of the word of God. We will preach. And we need time to preach. Hallelujah. So we will not take steps that will limit the preaching of the word of God. See, there are some places, many things will be done. And eventually, when the one preaching takes the microphone, you have 20 minutes. You understand? No. I'm not advocating that a message should be very long. Now, that's not what I'm saying. But we can meet and, and your mind and she says so to the point that we have to quickly preach something. You understand? And that is what we do everywhere. Even when we organize a wedding, it is like that. Except I'm a, a visitor in your church, you give me 20 minutes. Five. But if it is our wedding that we are doing, we will preach the message. You understand? Even though it is not an attempt to make the thing long. That is our priority. And when we finish the meeting, you will understand that it is the word of God that is priority. Hallelujah. Because we will make sure that you take the word of God home. Everything that we will do there, it will highlight the word of God. Please, you understand that? And because that's the nature of the church. The church cannot meet and we have to try to convince ourselves afterwards that the word of God is paramount. So it should be obvious amongst us how we appreciate the preaching of the word of God. If you come to church and you are tired of the word of God, I don't know how that works for you. Because here, that's what we do. is the hearing of the word of God, the preaching of the word of God. Because that's how the specific church is organized. It is organized around the word of God. Hallelujah. When we finish, we'll pray. But we'll pray because we have heard the word of God. Amen. It's the word of God that is paramount. But so we sing the word of God, yes. We sing the word of God, but in the organization of the church, the singing of the word of God is just a small part. It's the preaching of the word of God that is the major part. You understand that? Because even to sing the word of God successfully, you must be in a certain frame. Please you understand that? Singing is not just singing. Singing is confession and acknowledgement from joy of heart. That joy of heart is not just something that you come up with. It's a joy of heart that you enter. It's a righteousness, peace, and what? joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. 
that joy is the joy that a man enters to as he's changed in the heart. You see, many songs that we even raise, you hear that your heart is not there. The song is just nice. Let's raise a song that is not nice according to your rhythm, but the words are powerful. You will not sing it. You see, you will not sing it. That's why nobody has a special place in the church like you are a special person because you have a voice. No. What do you think? It's like I'm a special person because I can talk. No, I'm a special person because of the message, the word of God. You understand that? Not because you have a voice. And I see too many people like the unspiritual people who have a voice, but are something. Minister something. What is minister something? <laughs> you minister. I don't understand the message. Yeah. So we sing, but we don't do worship night like a special program we would do for worship night. No. Maybe one day we enter church and we are doing the church and we feel like we are led to just concentrate on singing to God. We'll do that. You understand that? Yeah. That's why our product, your use is not that we organize special program for you so you feel relevant. Your use is that when we are trying to preach and we need you to help us so we can get to the point where we can preach, then you come in. All of us rally around the word of God. Amen. The keyboard is, at times it can be a bit deflating. Well, one thing that I see with cars and how they are very encouraged and stirred to be useful is when they have special programs that they do. You understand? Yeah. But me, I, you know, when I said that I'll never do a special program, I allow my choir to do a special program when I was on campus. I saw it and I said, if I'm a pastor anywhere, choir, you are not doing your special program. Drama group. Hallelujah. Yeah. I saw it and I realized that no, that's not the church. So maybe you think that this way that we do church is, is boring. I don't know what you are looking for. This is not a comedy club. You understand that? It's not a comedy club. If you want things that are not boring, uh, you can do that before you come to church. You just three hours that you come and spend here. And I pray. So the rest, what will you use it for? If you want to watch Comedy Central is there, Big Bang Theory, and, and, like different, different things where you can watch and then feel like there's comedy going on. But here is the word of God. You have to understand. And that's why me at times, I'm willing to, not at times, all the time, I'm willing to go that way to the detriment of numbers. See, sometimes people come here, they feel like if we, if we did other things, like they would be, we, we, we look too serious. But yes, so we'll be serious. This is an election. It's a selection. You understand that? It's a calling. Look, if you will be called, you should be called by the word of God that we preach here. You understand that? If you will be called, if you will hear God in anything, hear it in the word, in the word, in the doctrine. We don't want you hearing in anything. The music is nice, so I'm going to stay. Don't come back. You understand? Don't come back. What do you mean by the music is nice? John, like what do you mean by the music is nice? Like if the music is nice, that's not the church. It's the word of God. Hallelujah. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. Hallelujah. It's the word of God. That's how the church is organized. And we must understand it. It's always about the word of God. 
And the church should be made up of people who are interested in the word of God. I want to know the word of God. I want to know what God is saying. I want to understand the word of God so that I can apply myself to the word of God for transformation to happen. I want to develop, grow. I want to be changed. I want to be regenerated. I want to become a certain person. And it is the word of God that can give you that. Nothing can give you that. Nothing. Nothing. It's the word of God. Hallelujah. That's the church. The church is the word of God. One thing about a church that is changing from being a church is that the word of God is no more paramount. And you find it a lot. Even though they will preach the word of God, it is not clear to those sitting there that it is the word of God that has brought them. And we will not allow that. Because if we make something else paramount, just so that you be happy, then this is no more the church. Hallelujah. And when you leave and you go home, the word of God must be paramount. That's a spirit you must pick from here. It's the word of God that must be paramount. Every thinking, every consideration in your head must be from the word of God. Hallelujah. The word is at the center. When they settled in the promise and they built a temple, the word of God, and they went to the temple to worship the word of God. Always the word of God. Hallelujah. So the church, the lost church, specifically the lost new church is organized around the word of God. Hallelujah. Now, what is the nature of this word of God? Listen. What is the nature of this word of God? Because the Israelites were rallied around the word of God. In the wilderness, they had the commandment that they kept in the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. You understand that? When Jesus came, they rallied around the word of God. Now, what is the nature of the word of God that we rally around? Listen, what is the nature of the word of God? Because we must know the nature of the word of God. It is not that the word of God changes. It is what it is about the word of God that we are seeing. For instance, the Israelites in the Old Testament saw the external part of the word of God. So they rallied around the external part of the word of God, the literal sense of the word of God. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, when Jesus came and started the church, he opened them up to the spiritual sense of the word of God, isn't it? But Jesus spoke about a time where the fullness of the spiritual sense is going to come. And that is the lost new church, the new Jerusalem. Hallelujah. So if we are going to rally around the word of God, then it is the spiritual sense of the word of God that is our priority. Hallelujah. The spiritual meaning, the spiritual sense, the spirit of the word, the spirit of the word, that is what we are rallying around. That is what controls us, not the letter. The spirit. So every one of us here, when we look into the scriptures, our concern should not be to look at stories. Our concern should not be to learn the stories of David and the stories of Goliath, David and Goliath, Jonah, and how he was sent to Nineveh. And if God sends you, you must go. Otherwise, a bonsu will swallow you. Do you understand? That's not what we look at. That's what we tell our children. So our children, we teach them that. You understand that? Because where their minds are, they are not ready to be spiritual. You get it? So we must introduce them to the letter in terms of the stories and then teach them a few lessons here and there. That's for children. But as we develop, we don't look into the scriptures to look for how Cain killed his brother and we say that envy is not good. 
If you envy somebody, you may end up killing the person. Hallelujah. That's not what we look at. Even though it's not a bad message. You understand? But for the lost new church, that's what we look at. When we look at Cain, we look at what Cain represents. That is faith separated from love. When we look at Abel, we look at what Abel represents. That is faith together with love. When we look at how Cain killed Abel, we look at how those who have faith alone and propagate faith alone want to extinguish those that are not of faith alone but are of love, which is together with faith. That's what we see. These are the principles that we, we learn. Hallelujah. And how that if you separate yourself unto faith alone, love will not be present with you. Huh? And how that the kingdom of God is not with those who separate themselves unto faith alone. It's not just faith alone. Faith must be with love. Faith must be with works. You understand that? That's what we see. And when we see this, it should not be to us, ah, what is this? It should be to, wow, this is it. Well, that's what the church is. Hallelujah. That's what the church is. When we see Abraham, we must see the Lord. When we see Isaac, we must see the Lord. When we see Jacob, we must see the Lord. Then we must understand why the Lord says that he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We must see it. These are the treasures that are opened to the Lord's new church. And that should be our concern. So it's not just anything like the letter of the word of God. No, it's the spirit. That should be our concern. Hallelujah. Our desire to understand the hidden things of the word of God. And the Bible says the Lord shall descend. Our concern must be how the Lord descends from the word of God to us. How he comes out of the cloud to us. How our eyes will be opened so that we may see the spirit and not the letter. Knowing that the letter killeth. The letter has the ability to deceive. The letter has the ability to give you a misunderstanding. You end up drawing the wrong conclusions just looking at the letter. But in the spirit, there is no error. Hallelujah. And that's what we rally around. If you are going to be in the lost church, that should be your concern. Lord, open my eyes so that I may see wondrous things out of thy law. Give me understanding. The spirit of revelation. The spirit of wisdom. I want to see into the scriptures. I cannot just read the scriptures and not see what the Lord is saying. I can't do that. So the church is organized, that's the Lord's new church, is organized around the spiritual sense of the word of God. Hallelujah. Yes. Around the spiritual sense of the word of God. And when we talk about the spiritual sense of the word of God, there are two fountains or foundations that this spiritual sense is all about. The first one is the nature of God. The first one is the nature of God, who God is. Who is God? Who is God? According to the scriptures, God is Jesus. Hallelujah. That's God. He's Jesus. He's Jesus. Who is the Father? The Father is Jesus. Who is the Son? The Son is Jesus. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is Jesus. There is one God, and He's Jesus. Hallelujah. The Trinity is in him. Hallelujah. Now, so, but, but there are people that also believe that God is three persons. No. That is a belief. You understand that? But concerning the Lord's new church, said, in that day you shall know that I am he. You understand that? In that day you will know that I am he. You will know that there is no savior apart from me. You understand that? What is that day? It is the day of the Lord's new church. 
In that day, you will understand that I am here. You will know that Jesus is Jehovah from eternity. Hallelujah. That revelation will characterize the lost new church. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Ha! Ah, hallelujah. Therefore, they shall do what? They shall know my name. Therefore, they shall know in that day that I am he that does speak. Behold, it is I. They will know. Hallelujah. I don't say, what about those that believe in three persons? Let them believe. But concerning the lost new church, Jesus is that God. There is only one person of God. This is a foundation of the scriptures. This is the spiritual sense of the word, what it teaches us. Hallelujah. It teaches us that there is one God and he is Jesus Christ and the Trinity is in him. That is what it teaches us. Anyone who cannot believe this cannot be in the lost new church. Mm. Yes. If you cannot believe that there is one God. So by what, what? Like, it's not anything. You understand? Like, oh, but it's not anything. It is everything. It is those that have no understanding who think that it's not anything. It means that you yourself, you don't understand what you say you believe. It's everything. It's everything. It's everything. Everything begins from there. Every understanding, if it will be right, it will begin from there. And falsehoods also begin from a misunderstanding of who God is. Actually, all the falsehoods that we have had in the Christian church is coming from a misunderstanding of who God is. Hallelujah. So two fountains. The first one is that God is one. One person. He is Jesus Christ. Jesus is Jehovah from eternity. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. He shall be called what? Wonderful counselor. Everlasting what? Father. Prince of peace. Jesus is the everlasting father. So if you believe that there is an everlasting father somewhere, he is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yeah. They asked him, show us the father. He said, have I been so long a time with you and you do not know me? Why do you say I should show you the father? He that has seen me has seen the father. Hallelujah. Jesus is the father. Jesus is the father. The Lord himself shall give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive and shall give birth. And his name shall be called what? Emmanuel. Which when interpreted means what? God with us. Not God is with us. God with us. Jesus is God with us. Hallelujah. Jesus is God. So if you believe that God is three persons, then those three persons are one person called Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So stop that. God with us. That is Jesus. Amen. Now this is important because it is this Jesus that will open your eyes to understand the scriptures. It is not a man. It is not an idea, a figment of your imagination. It is this Jesus that you approach who will open your eyes to understand the scriptures. Those that believe in Trinity cannot understand the scriptures. Hey, yes. Because it is the Lord that opens the eye of a man to see the spirit of the way. It is the Lord. It is the Lord. Hallelujah. It is the Lord. It is the Lord. 
it is the law. Then the second one, if a man will be saved, he must approach Jesus, receive truths from him, and live according to those truths. If a man will be saved, listen, if a man will be saved, ah, what do you think? How do you think then that a man will be saved? How do you think a man will be saved? He should not approach Jesus. He should not receive truth from him. He should not live according to those truths. So, but if he must live according to the truth before he is saved, then he is meriting the truth. No. He is only allowing the Lord to come in. If a man does not choose the Lord willingly through obedience, a man's life is shut to the Lord. We hear that. If a man does not choose the Lord willingly through obedience, his life, his heart is shut to the Lord. And it is the heart that the Lord wants to change. I will take away from you the stony heart. I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put in you a new spirit. Hallelujah. Yeah, and that's the Lord's work. But man's part in it is that he must hear doctrine from the Lord, receive doctrine from the Lord, and live according to those doctrines. In living according to those doctrines, man will be tempted. Hallelujah. Man will be tempted to choose against the doctrine which has taught him what good is and what evil is. Man will be tempted. And man must overcome in that temptation. Hallelujah. So these are the two fountains. Every other thing in the word of God comes out of this. If you get these two wrong, you will not understand the word of God. You can study the word of God throughout the day, throughout the week. Sit, never go to sleep. Read the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. If you do not understand that there is one God and he is Jesus Christ and the Trinity is in that one God, in that one person called Jesus Christ. If you do not understand that if a man will be saved, that man must approach Jesus, receive truth from him, which is doctrine, and apply that truth to his life. If you do not understand these two, you will misinterpret the scriptures. Hallelujah. Listen, if you do not understand these two, you will misinterpret the scriptures. To misunderstand these two is recipe for disaster. And every misinterpretation of scriptures in our time is coming out of a misunderstanding of these two fountains. That there is one God, he is Jesus Christ, the Trinity is in him. Huh? And that if a man will be saved, he must receive truth from him and live according to those truths as he turns away from evil. If these two things are not understood, the scriptures will be misunderstood. Actually, if we knew that God was one person and he is Jesus Christ, a lot of the doctrines that exist today will not exist. Oh, yes. It will not exist. See, when you want to build up a doctrine, listen, any ideology that you want to build up, it requires a foundation. You understand that? It requires a foundation. That foundation is a previous basic ideology. So if you want to develop an ideology, you can develop an ideology in the air, hanging in the air. You understand that? It must have a foundation upon which to stand. That foundation must come prior to the development of that ideology. In other words, if you want to build, you must build the foundation first, isn't it? Without the foundation, you can't build the rest of the building. 
Now, every ideology must have a foundation. That foundation must come first before the ideology is built. Hallelujah. Please do you understand that. If you get the foundation wrong, it is from the foundation that you will be developing the ideology. It's from the foundation that you'll be developing those ideas. It is from the foundation. If the foundation is wrong, whatever you develop out of it will be wrong. Hallelujah. To believe that there is one God is the foundation. Is the foundation. You know what Jesus said? That except that ye believe that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. You, except you believe that I am he. Have you seen that scripture before? I am who? Like, I am who? Who is the he? Maybe that scripture. Who is the he? God, right? Yeah. You see, there are some things that you have to believe. Without it, what you do further will not work. If you don't believe that Jesus is God, you will have problems in your interpretation. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Hallelujah. You think this is what? This is a trivial statement. No. This is not a trivial statement. Hallelujah. Except that ye believe that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. To believe that Jesus is that God is key. Everything comes out of that belief. And if the church, as it is today, can believe that Jesus is that one God, a lot of the doctrines that it preaches will not be present. Hallelujah. If you believe that Jesus is one God, you cannot believe in the doctrine of substitution. You cannot believe in the doctrine of atonement as it is taught. Because in the doctrine of atonement, under that doctrine is a doctrine of substitution. You understand? As it is taught. But the doctrine of atonement is not supposed to be taught in the way of substitution. The doctrine of atonement is supposed to be taught in the way of Jesus having overcome so that we through him may also do what? Overcome. So the atonement here in doctrine is Jesus overcoming the hell. Jesus overcoming death. Jesus overcoming sin. That is atonement. So if you believe that God is three, listen, if you believe that God is three persons, you will come up with other doctrines that are not true. If you believe that God is one person and that person is Jesus Christ, it influences your doctrine. Because if the doctrine of substitution must exist, God must be more than one person. Listen, for the doctrine of substitution to exist, God must be more than one person. Because there must be the one God who is in heaven and the one other God who is in the earth. The one God who is angry and offended at man and the one God that comes so that the anger of the God who is angry with man will be poured on him. Please understand that. Yeah, so if you want to understand substitution, then one must be requiring justice and one must be fulfilling justice. One God, one person of God must require the justice and then the other person of God must what? Fulfill that justice. But if God is one, you can't do that. You can't believe such a thing. Because you can't explain it. Remember, if you are coming up with an ideology, its foundation must be there. You understand that? Without the foundation, that ideology cannot work. So if you don't have the foundation that God is three persons, you cannot go on to develop the doctrine of substitution. 
If you remove the ideology that God is three persons and you put in its place that God is one person, the doctrine of substitution will fall. Do you understand that? That is how it works. So if you don't get the basic doctrine right, which is that God is one, and if a man will be saved, that person must obey God in summary. That person must obey God. If you don't get it right, you are going to misunderstand the scriptures. So the church rallies around the word of God. It is the spiritual sense of the word of God or the spirit of the word that the church rallies around. And the spirit of the word, its foundation is that God is one, he is Jesus Christ, and that if a man will be saved, he must approach this Jesus, receive truth from him, and live according to those truths. That's the foundation. Does that make sense? That is what the church is organized around. That is what the new church, the new Jerusalem, is organized around. This foundation. Amen. Now, so, number one is the church around the two, right? So, one A, one B things is what I've said. You understand? Then, number two is that in the church, in the lost new church, there is preaching of the word. There is preaching of the word. The word must be preached. The word must be taught. Hallelujah. There is teaching of the word. The teaching of the word that is being preached or the word that is being taught, which is doctrine, is coming out of an understanding of the spirit of the word. Do you understand that? So we have the letter of the word with us, but its understanding, its meaning that is preached is from the spirit of the word. Amen. So in the new church, there is a preaching of the word. And what is preached is doctrine. Hallelujah. In the new church, we preach doctrine. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 3. It says, I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries whither I have driven them and will bring them again to their folds and they shall be what? Fruitful and increase. Hallelujah. I will gather the remnant. You know what the remnant is, isn't it? That the formation of every new church is with the remnant. So verse says, I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whither I have driven them, and I will bring them again to their own work, to their what? Folds. Hallelujah. That's to organize them into the specific church. And what? And they shall be fruitful and what? Increase. Amen. Now the next verse. And I will set up shepherds over them. Amen. I will set up shepherds over them. We shall feed them. We shall teach them. Hallelujah. I will set up shepherds over them. We shall feed them and they shall fear no more. What shall they not fear again? Evil. Perfect love casts away fear, isn't it? The fear that they will not fear is the fear that is with a man because he's in evil. When that evil is removed, there is no more fear. So they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. So in the Lord's church, there is feeding. Feeding takes place. Amen. The word is preached. And there are people that the Lord prepares and gifts them with ability so that they can teach his people the word of God. Hallelujah. For instance, as I'm teaching you the word of God, I'm teaching you the word of God from a gift that the Lord has given me. 
It is an ability that the Lord gives that qualifies a person to feed his people in the new church. Please understand that. So the Lord gives shepherds, people that will teach, people that will feed his flock. It is important to understand. But there are some of us that think that the Lord organizes his church without a fulcrum, without a center, without leadership. It is not true. It is not true. Amen. When the Lord organizes his church, he sets over them. Huh? Listen, he sets over them. Huh? Another way of looking at setting over them is setting in their midst. Listen, we know that what is over is that which now fills what is beneath, isn't it? So your teacher is your teacher because he has wisdom that must be given to you, isn't it? So that is why your teacher is above you. Your teacher is above you because based on what he or she knows, he is able to give you something that you don't know. Because you don't know, you are beneath. Huh? Because your teacher knows he is above in terms of what needs to be known. Do you understand that? Not in terms of value like, does God value you that? No. In terms of what is of God that must be given, who is giving is above the one that is being given to. So it says that the shepherd is over you. Hallelujah. The pastors are over you. It is important to understand that. And they are not over you in the material or in the natural because in their natural there is nothing. They are over you because God has set them over you and he has given them something to give to you. So they are messengers of God to you. Hallelujah. What qualifies me as your pastor? When God was preparing me, you were not there. As God is preparing me, you are not there. But what you can look at is, do I have something that you need? Hallelujah. So when you open your eyes, your shepherd is there. Now you check whether that is your shepherd or not, isn't it? You have to check. How do you check? Where do you want to get to? What are you trying to become? Huh? The one that is set over you must have what you need in order to get to where you want to get to. For example, there are some people that leave church. Say, why have you left? Why have you left? Why have you left? Attention is simple. They want to get to somewhere. And what we have is not what they need. Not that what we have is not needful. But a person must decide. They must determine what it is that they need. They must determine where they want to get to. And it is not everyone that has a spiritual desire. It is not everyone that wants to ascend spiritually. It is not everyone. Even in the way that we say it, it is not everyone that wants that. You understand that? So you determine your shepherd based on where you want to be. It is not by force. Hallelujah. What did Jesus say? The sheep will hear the voice of the shepherd, isn't it? Why would the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd? It's because the sheep, they have a certain desire that the voice of the shepherd is able to agree with. You understand that? Because what the shepherd teaches must lead to a certain way of life. What the shepherd teaches must make the person become a certain way. If I meet you and what you want to become is different from my message, what it will make you. I'm not your shepherd. You understand that? And there should be no struggle. But if where you want to get to, what you want to become as a person, my message, 
is in agreement with that and it will bring you there. Then God has prepared me for you. You will not be there when the shepherd over your life is being prepared. So you will be sure that he's being prepared for you. Do you understand that? But what he has will it lead you to where you ought to be. When your pastor comes to you, he's supposed to come to you with the word of God. That word that he brings, will it lead you to where you see in your heart that you have to be? That's why if you sit here and you have carnal desires, like your primary desires are carnal, you find that you have a struggle with me. Your word I preach will not support that. What do you think? You are coming to church because you need a job. I'm not a shepherd. You understand that? If you find God, will God help you get a job? Yes. But that can't be why you are coming here. You are coming here because of the word of God. You understand that? And the transformation that the word of God will bring to you, your heart. Amen. So that's how the sheep hear the voice. The sheep do not hear just because they have ears. It's because, you see, what will make you hear? The hearing is not just dramatic. The hearing is to concur. I concur, right? It's to agree and to go in that direction. That's hearing. So if the sheep will hear the voice, then there must be something with the sheep. That makes the sheep like the voice of the shepherd. Because the voice of the shepherd is the message that the shepherd is bringing. It's not that we near me there. It's that your voice is sweet. No. It's a message. Voice is message. Hallelujah. So that's why the sheep will hear. The sheep will hear because the sheep wants to get somewhere. And the shepherd has brought what they need. So that's how you know that God has sent you. A shepherd. Hallelujah. But if what the shepherd brings is not the direction you want to go, then you are free to say that this is not my shepherd. It's as simple as that. Hallelujah. But what is a shepherd's training? A shepherd's training is with the word of God. Because the shepherd must represent the word of God to the people. So a shepherd is trained to understand the word of God. A shepherd is trained to appreciate not just because it has been read, but appreciate through experience the word of God. A shepherd has special gift of wisdom and appreciation of the heart and minds of the people that must be shepherded. So a shepherd is equipped, prepared with gifts, abilities, so that they can do this very work, which is to feed the sheep. If you are going to be someone's shepherd, you are going to be the person's shepherd, not to make the person feel comfortable in life. You understand that? I'm not your shepherd babysitter. You understand? Or you don't understand? I'm not the one to make sure you have eaten your breakfast. What do you think? Yeah. I'm not the one to make sure you have washed your clothes. I'm not the one to make sure you have woken up in the morning early to go to work. Even though what I teach you will find its way into all these things. My primary work is to teach you the word of God. I'm not your shrink. Huh? Eh? You see? No. For example, some of you, you like to talk to people that are set over you. And remember, the people, as I'm your pastor, I have sent people to pastor you to. Do you understand? Yeah. So some of you, you want your pastors that are trying to pastor you and your elders, you want them to hold your hand and just hear you talk and not to say anything that contradicts how you are feeling. You see, 
You want to say, just be there for me. Do you see? That's not the work of your shepherd. The work of your shepherd is to be there for you with the aim of bringing to you the word of God. Because whatever situation you are in, it is the word of God that can lift you out of it. The word of God is a solution of solutions. Hallelujah. If you want somebody to just hold your hands and then just be there with you, I don't know. You could find some. But it shouldn't be your shepherd. If your shepherd doesn't check on you every day, means that your shepherd doesn't care. No. Let me tell you. Fear the shepherd that checks on you every day, but does not teach you the depth of the word of God. Fear that shepherd. Fear that shepherd that deals with you, said that you yourself, that you have become very comfortable with the shepherd, not because the shepherd brings you the word of God, but you feel like, I like the shepherd. I like, he's a nice person. She's a nice person. She's a sweet person. He has an oh, he's a cool guy. And I like the way he is. I like the way she is. Yes, fear that shepherd. What do you think? Oh, you don't want to fear that shepherd. Okay, be with that shepherd for a while. You will understand. You will be, oh, you'll be, hey, Adam, oh, cool guy. I'm not feeling good about yourself. Yes, but you will not make progress. Give yourself one year and check. You, you are not going anywhere. You actually become worse off. Your shepherd is not supposed to be a nice person, even though being nice is good. You understand? Don't, some of you, you sit here in church, you, you feel like you'll be comfortable here in church when we, we care. Hey, have you eaten in the, this morning? Eh? Have you drank water? You see, when you slept, uh, did you wake up happy? So that shows that you, you, the person cares. Every day they are calling you. Every day they are calling you. Every day they are calling you. Not to share with you the word of God. But to just try and make you comfortable. You understand? You know, let me tell you something. If you're a shepherd, like maybe you're a shepherd here, and this is your approach, stop. Because what you're doing, many others can do it. You don't even need to be spiritual to be this sweet person that everybody is comfortable. You don't need to be spiritual. You can just be it. You can just uh, for what you can just choose a reason why you are going to be like that and be like that. You understand? Yeah. So, Pastor, are you saying that we should not be nice to our sheep? Do, do you think that's what I'm saying? I, mean, I think I'm a very nice person. What do you think? Am I a nice person? Winifred, am I a nice person? I will not go out my way to be nice to you outside the word of God. Though. You understand? Yeah. Like, you see, I don't, some of you do, I don't do chit-chat with you. Not some of you, all of you. I don't have time for that, those things. You understand? Why? Because it will interfere with the important things. You understand? Yeah. So don't do chit-chat. No. When we meet, you can crack a few jokes. You understand? And be happy. But Maybe, you see, something like this, some of you are not comfortable with me, right? Not comfortable like you're afraid of me. But, you see, and it's because we don't trivialize things, you see. And because of that, maybe me too, I'll be at my corner all the time. This person, then you see. But it's okay. 
Because there are people that can be these things to you. But not many people can bring to you the word of God. You understand that? Not many people are prepared to bring to you the word of God, have been trained to bring to you the word of God. So you let me be that one. And for me, that should be the work of a pastor. Not to babysit you. Huh? Not to babysit you. You have a friend for that. So if you have beloveds, you have husbands, you have wives. You understand? The good babysitter is a husband. Good babysitter is a wife. Good babysitter is a beloved. You understand? Or a friend. But a friend is not a shepherd. A husband is not a shepherd. Huh? A beloved is not a shepherd. It's only a shepherd who is a shepherd. You see? So if you are here, orient your thinking. Maybe you say, I don't feel so welcome in the church. It's because we preach the word of God. What should you t- No, if somebody is disrespecting you, somebody is treating you bad, now you must speak up. You understand that? Yeah, so that that problem will be corrected because that is not how people who love each other, we've already gone to that one before we got here, who love each other deal. You understand that? But maybe you want to feel like a queen. Queen Sheba. <laughs> Have you seen that clip? I'm a happy, I'm a happy person. <laughs> my moms love me, my pop. <laughs> a lot is going on in my mind, in my head. <laughs> Hallelujah. What do you think? You want to be a queen? A king? No. What do you think? It, it, it will take too much time. It will eat into the time for the word of God. You see? So, I appreciate that we love you because we are teaching the word of God. But, ah, what is love that can go beyond the desire that you will know the word of God? Eh? What, what, what love is more than So, this is our love. We show you, this is we showing you love. Listen, listen. This is, you want to see that your, your shepherd loves you, right? Huh? Check that from what he has been sent to do. If he's doing it with care, and if he's like into it, making sure that he's always ready to give you something from the Lord, that is a sign that they love you. Before, whether uh, they check you have eaten, whether you like your dress or you don't like your dress, or whether your shoe, you like it or you don't like it. I don't, I don't even know what to say again. Like, what should we be checking? Hallelujah. If somebody disrespects you, no, please, this is not like, if you're, if you're a shepherd, you must disrespect the person. No. That's a problem. Because if you disrespect the person, and if you hurt the person, it will be very difficult for the person to appreciate what it is that you have brought. You understand? So you must be an example of what it is that you preach to the person. So if the message is to bring the person to the place where he loves God and the neighbor, then you, that you are a carrier of the message, must preach and fulfill your duties in love towards God and the neighbor. You understand that? You can't use a different approach. The message in Ankasa that you are preaching is what you must follow to shepherd someone. Is that okay? So that, that's the idea. But that kind of feeling, I know, I'm sharing with you this because there are churches that have ways of gathering people. You understand that? And those ways, we know. You see, we know. A major one is making you feel very good about yourself and that feeling of self-importance. 
Do you get it? And they use a lot to draw you in and then you come and stay. That tactics is there. Do you get it? But we have chosen not to use that tactics because it's against the very word that we preach. So it's dry. Our own is dry. Uh, if you want to stay in church, you must like the word of God. So that's what we have to offer. You understand that? The depth of the word of God that we have to offer. That's, that, that's all. The rest, if it's there, is there. If it's not there, fine. So shepherds are set over you. Shepherds are set over you to teach you. To teach you doctrine. Uh-huh, let me explain this. Now, under the shepherd set over you, there are two shepherds, actually two types of shepherds. There is a shepherd that is set over you directly in the lost church. For instance, I'm a shepherd set over you. Your pastors are shepherds under me set over you like that. You understand that? Then there is also what the scripture calls the great shepherd of the sheep. Or Jesus calls the good shepherd. Now that is the Lord himself. Huh? So now, two shepherds. Both these two shepherds must feed the sheep. You understand that? Now the work of the shepherd who is a human being like me is to feed you on the outside. Where well, we teach you doctrine, we teach you the word of God, and to help you. You understand that? But the help is so that we will hold your hands and lead you to the great shepherd of the sheep. You understand that? So that's the work. The work of the shepherd, the external shepherd that God sets over his people, is so that he will introduce them through the things that they will teach and encouraging them to live a certain way. He will introduce them into a spiritual experience of the great shepherd of the sheep. You understand that? So now, what the Lord will do in you is in the Lord's hands. You understand that? But what the shepherd that the Lord has given you must do is what will help you meet what the Lord is going to do in you. Please understand that. All right. So there's the good shepherd or the great shepherd of the sheep, and then there are the shepherds that are set over the people. Like, like in terms of the priesthood, we are priests. You understand that? Yeah, so I'm a priest to you, actually. You understand that? But the Lord is the high priest. Please, you understand that? Yeah, the priest work is to do something. But after the priest work, it is not the priest that you meet in the Holy of Holies. It is the high priest. It is the Lord. Amen. It is the Lord. The Lord will also teach you. The Lord will bring transformation. But these ones will be inward. The shepherd that the Lord said to you will teach you and will lead you to take the right steps. You understand? But that is outward. But the Lord, who is the good shepherd, will teach you inward. That is the inward revelation. I has not seen nor ear heard. Neither has it entered into the thought of man what God has prepared for those who love him. God has revealed it to us by his spirit. So there's a spiritual revelation. Do you understand that? Now that is by the Lord. So God will teach you. As I teach you, God will also teach you. Amen. But the way you present yourself to be taught by the Lord is through the teachings of the shepherd that the Lord has given you. There are people that say they don't want anyone to teach them, so they go looking for the Lord. Good luck. Amen. No. God sends shepherds. That's a system. And that makes sense. Why? Because if you will meet the Lord in the spirit, 
you begin your journey from the flesh. You begin your journey from the natural. If you want to know spiritual truth, you start by knowing natural truth. If a child will grow, the child starts from being a baby. Hallelujah. From there, the child can become a grown-up. So every spiritual journey begins from the natural. Every knowledge of the truth begins from the natural knowledge of truth. Hallelujah. And every leading begins from the natural. So if you want to know truth, you must learn truth in the natural first. Then you will know truth in the spirit. If you want to be led in the spirit, then you must be led first in the natural. These are principles that are found in the word of God. You understand that? If you can't be led in the natural, forget, you won't find God. Not that I don't want you to find God. I really do. But you won't. You see? Hallelujah. Now, these shepherds that are set over you, your responsibility towards them is to hear them. Hallelujah. Your responsibility towards them is to hear them. Is to pay attention to what it is that you are being taught, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. So your responsibility towards me, which is for your benefit. Listen, which is for your benefit. But if you will hear me, it is not for my benefit, is it? No, it's for your benefit. Your responsibility towards me is to hear, pay attention to what it is that you are being taught. That is your responsibility. Hallelujah. Now, as part of paying attention, you must honor the shepherd that is set over you. You must respect the shepherd that is set over you. Amen. Now, this is very important because it affects the way you will appreciate what it is that the shepherd is bringing to you. Now, remember, the shepherd is a shepherd because of a gift, isn't it? It's a gift from God that has been put inside him, and it is from that gift that you will be fed. It is not from the natural abilities of the shepherd. It is because God has chosen the shepherd and has given the shepherd a gift. Please understand that. Now, you must honor the shepherd as one who possesses the gift of God, which is important to you. Let me repeat. You must honor the shepherd as one who possesses the gift of God. Because it is from that gift that you are drinking, isn't it? From that ability which belongs to God that you are drinking. You must honor the shepherd as one who possesses the gift of God that is important to you. Amen. Very important. It is not the natural of the shepherd. Because the shepherd is a human being. Like I'm a human being. You understand that? Yeah. But there is something. You see, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus ascended the mountain with Peter, James, and John. When they were ascending, what they saw was Jesus in the external. Hallelujah. In the human. But in this human was a divine. And it is the divine that is the gift. Hallelujah. Because that's what they are going to drink from. If Jesus is the fountain of living waters, like the Bible said, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they have hewn for themselves cisterns. You see, cisterns that cannot hold water. Okay, so if the Lord is the fountain of living water, when he walked amongst men on the outside, because he had the human form, the fact that he is the fountain of living water did not show, isn't it? It did not show, isn't it? Now, 
when they ascended the Mount of Transfiguration, the voice that came from the excellent glory, that said, this is my only begotten son, hear he him. That voice did not come when they saw the Lord in the flesh. Listen, when their appreciation of the Lord was in the flesh, that was not when they heard the voice. It was when the Lord was transfigured before them, when they saw the gift of God to them in human form. You understand that? When that divine, that divinity, which was before hidden from their eyes in the human, when that divinity showed forth, the Bible described the Lord. His face was shining. His raiment was white. It was in that transfiguration that the voice came from the excellent glory. Hallelujah. Please, are you following? My point is that the hear ye him is not upon the natural. It is upon the spirit. The hear ye him does not concern the natural. It concerns the spirit. So as I'm your shepherd, the Lord says that you must listen to me. Do you understand that? But you must not listen to me as the man in the natural or look at that aspect. Because if I come to you in the natural and I speak to you, you don't need to listen to me. You understand that? Yeah, live your life. Like many of you do your own things. You understand that? At times, some of the things that you are doing, I wouldn't have done it that way. But you still do it. Well, you have the freedom to do it. Because if I go, oh, maybe if you did it this way, it would be cool. Without the word of God. You understand? That is me giving you my idea. You understand that? But if I come to you with the word of God, I come to you as the gift from which God is teaching you. Now, that is different. Because if I say that this is your dress, I don't like it. You keep wearing it because it's not my taste. That's a natural taste. You understand? Like, really, I don't. You see? But that's your taste. Do you see? Because it's nice. You see, but me, I don't. You have a master, I like it. No. So if I come to a pastor, I don't like it. So, wow. You move on with your life. Do you see? But if I come to you and say that this is the word of God, that we should not be wearing such dresses. The voice from the excellent glory says that hear ye him. Yes, because then I'm, I'm showing you from the word of God. That's the gift of God coming to you. Do you understand? Now you must honor the shepherd in the context of the word of God. You must appreciate the shepherd from the angle that he is the gift or he bears the gift from which God is raising you. Do you understand that? So it is in when, when your eyes open to appreciate the gifts. The gift in the person who is raising you. Then you can respect and honor the person. So, for example, if you think that I come to share with you normal things, I don't know why you think that, but you could. Okay. Then who am I? I'm nobody, right? Because in the natural, really, that's the case. I'm nobody. We are all nobodies. You understand that? But if I carry a gift, then in my nobodiness, I still carry a gift. You can't do anything about it. And that gift, it is by God's election. It is a calling. You understand that? So you can say, oh, there's a gift here, but I won't use that gift. I'm looking for a different gift. You understand that? No. So according to the gift, the shepherd 
must be respected. The shepherd must be honored. Not too long ago, I met a man of God. I saw a man of God. I didn't even meet him in person. That the Lord had blessed me in a certain way. In that way, it was so important to me. Okay? Because it added something very important. And it was the Lord that showed me in a dream that I should go and listen to that man. Because he had something to that I needed. So I followed him. I followed him for a long time. A long time. Then not too long ago, I saw him. I saw him like, this is him. Do you see? If I, I was him on video, you see. Uh-huh. But I saw him like, stepped out. Like, like, let's say someone comes out of the door. I saw him. When I saw him, do you know what happened? I started crying. Like, I just started crying. I, I just, I, ooh! I just, oh, God. It wasn't like I said, oh, today, when I see this man, I'll cry. <laughs> no. It was, I, it was, and, and to me, that is the point. Is he a normal man? He's a normal man. Of course, he's a normal man. Actually, there are many things that I disagree with him on. You understand that? And I'm not afraid to disagree. Like, you shouldn't be afraid to disagree with him. You understand? Yeah, there are many things I disagree with him. But I heard the voice of God. Huh? And I still do. In many things, I hear the voice of God. Hallelujah. And you know what happened? When I saw him and I said, you know what, what, what the Lord told me? The Lord said, don't look at him. Don't look at him. So he was coming like, this was a good chance to monitor. Yeah, 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 you, you now monitor the guy well, you understand? So I put my head down. And you know why? Because I was almost switching to analyzing the man in the material. It's like your man has come. You understand? But if he's there, and what he is to me is the gift of God, then I don't need to look at him. I've seen him, but I don't need to look at him. I need to look at how the Lord will come to me through him, right? And now I can close my eyes and do it. So that's what I did. You see? Yeah. And so he came, he was praying for everybody, he was praying for everybody, he was praying for everybody. And then I was like this. It's like the thing, like it was against many things. Because you want to see what is going on, you see. You know what he did? He came to stand in front of me. For how long? Like a minute. I didn't know. Because I was busily like this, you see. When I saw some shoes in front of me, then he left. You guys, so like, when I opened my shoes, ah, then he left. So he, as I went with him, you see, he was like the monitor. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he saw it and said, no, no, that guy stood there for this one. He stood there. He stood there. He stood there. And in the Alcazano, I felt like, ah. You understand? But you can't look. Like you turn into a pillar of salt. You understand? <laughs> so you have to stay, 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 stay. Then you left. You can explain it in any way that you want. You understand that? But we the spirit people, <laughs> we know what took place. You understand that? Yeah. That's my point. That's my point. Sophie, you have used your two eyes too much to look at the shepherd. So what is clear to you and very obvious to you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that the shepherd is a mere human being. That one is very clear to you. But what is not so clear to you 
is that the shepherd carries the gift of God, which is meant to build you. Shouldn't it be the opposite? Hallelujah. Did you understand that? Yeah. Oh, I need your respect. That's why I'm preaching this to you. I mean, the track record is important. You understand? Yeah. You know that I don't need your respect. What will it do? But if you cannot appreciate the gift which is seen in the transfiguration, you understand that your eyes are open to see what is inside this person for your sake. Then you will not respect, you will not honor, and because of that, you will not hear God when He speaks. It will be like, oh, I've heard information. Oh, that has some pretty to some of you here. Oh, the guy is sharing information. You understand that? But some of you to hear that this is what I need to know to step into the next level. What of you is information you are hearing about how you think of it? Let me say, oh, let me store it. You see, but some of you to hear that God is talking to me now. See, there's a difference. There's a difference. I was talking to someone, actually, big Alex, and he said, and Anne Marie, he said, they made a statement that I put it on my status yesterday. Don't say one day, but rather say day one. That's powerful, right? Day one is that we are doing it. Today is day one. We are starting it. One day is like, you understand that? If you don't honor the shepherd, his words, and when they come, it will be that one day you do it. So you just pack it. You keep packing it into your pocket. Pack it. Come and pack it and go. And then you return to your life. But if you honor and respect the shepherd, his word you is day one. You understand that? This is where we begin. This is what God has to, oh, this is my life, this is my life. This is the step God wants me to take to help me. So every time the shepherd comes to you, he brings you another step. He brings you clarification of the steps. He brings you, so that's how you read your shepherd. You don't read your shepherd as one who says things that you hear and gather and go. And then one day, no, day one. What do you think? One. Amen. And some of us are sitting here, we do one day, one day, one day. That's how we hear the message. One day. We also know people that is day one. And those day, day one people, like, like, it's like, see, if you become a day one person, I tell you, it's like God there. Eh? That's when you begin to know that God is monitoring you. Hallelujah. You begin to know that God, when you think a thought, when you don't have clarification. Shepherd will bring it. When you don't know what to do, somehow, shepherd will bring it. When you, that, when you need to understand it, when you are struggling, shepherd will organize a program. You understand? And you'll be lifted. <laughs> That's how it is. So you're like, hey God, you really are monitoring me. But when it is one day, you see, one day people, they are still looking for God. They are the ones that say, God, where are you? Show yourself, show that you love me. Speak about my situation. But the day one people are prepared even before the situation comes. See, day one people don't get, I was talking to some people, I said that your aim should be to not get confused. The question was, when you have decisions to make and you don't know which one to choose, what do you do? 
And I said, your number one aim in life should be to not get to a place where there are decisions to make like that. Your number one goal in life should be to make decisions before you must make them. And that means that God, you see, and that's what God does. God prepares us like that. God helps us to preempt things. You understand that? Yeah. Like at the pastor's meeting, Pastor Brian was asking a question about uh, if I'm preaching a message and he's being blessed, like he, he wants to do something. Can he do it? I said, you can't do it. If you want to stand, stand. It, 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 it's powerful. Okay. Then, he said, then I said, except you want to come and take my microphone. You understand? Then now I'll let my bounces bounce you. You understand? Then Pastor Kamba said, he has thought about that because if somebody were to do what he would do. You understand? That's my point. You see, it's not that if somebody is taking part of Michael and then you are also saying, what should be the next step? What should be the God, speak now. No. That, it means that it's been a while since God led you. If God is leading you, you are prepared. You are prepared. Hallelujah. I told you the story where I was working Pastor Brian at Tedu and somebody's this thing. I was Pastor Brian who told the story. His thing fell. Yes, sir. If you are not prepared for it, the shock. You'll be standing there siding. Yes, sir. But God can prepare you so the moment it happens, you move. No decision making. You understand that? But if you say, hey, I don't know uh, which one to choose. Where you're good, where you're good, beloved. I mean to see a fool and I say, mean to see a sea. Mean to see Koja and I say, mean to see a Jude. Pane. You see? Ya tre. Hey! Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. Debbie. You should take it in your stride. You understand that? You should take it in your stride. Maybe the, the worst case now should be like, what has it meant you were polishing? On the decision that you were, so it's like final touches, then bah, you move. But I said, it means, hey, what do I do? What do I do? No, that's not life. Normally, you make mistakes like that because you make a, a woman meet you before you check whether she's the type you like. You make a guy meet you, you that you start something the day that you almost kissed. Hey, how did you get to this point? Well, God is organizing you. Some of you, a bad boy will come, uh, another bad boy, a good boy. Say, which one should I choose? When God was saying, this is how we choose. See, God came here. You, you heard the message as one day. God said, this is how spirituality is. Marriage is spirituality. You understand that? You must choose somebody that you will agree with on a spiritual level. Not a spiritual level like speaking in tongues. So. In terms of what life ought to be and all that. You, you must choose that. You see, and God came to prepare you. So why is it that now that you have seen somebody that you should have run away from a long time ago, you are, you are now back to God asking whether it's that. God came preparing you. But when you heard it, instead of letting it form now your thinking and your vision, you still allowed, I like a tall person to form your vision. So you took the information and you used it to even advise people. Yeah, understand? Yeah. But for you, it's one day. But there's also somebody that is, that's a day. I think that's what I was thinking about who a woman should be. And this is how, how I must choose. And now this is what God is saying. So today, I change. Somebody too can do that. So you that said one day with a message, and then the person that said, this is my decision. Who will be confused in the future? You think about it. Some of us, we are, we, our life is full of confusion that we think that's how life is. 
That's not how, like, every stage you are confused. Every stage, there are three options, four options. Which one should I choose every day? No. Let me tell you the day I was very confused. You know. It was SHS. I was almost done. I was in Form 3 SHS. And I was supposed to choose a course to do in the university. Whether I should choose architecture or civil engineering. That was the day that I remember. All the confusion. That one there. Like few minutes, you think you do civil engineering, then you do. Then, hey. I don't remember being confused like that today. And because I, I understood that if you will be called, if you have to come to a place of confusion, then you didn't do some things right. You understand? Notwithstanding, if you come to a place of confusion, you must still seek God. You understand? But you must not get there. Don't allow yourself to get there. And it's how you treat. What is coming to you? God is preparing you. Your, ne your, your next week decision, God is preparing you now for it. Your next year decision, God is preparing you. Your step you must take in two years' time, God is preparing you now. God is doing that. So if you do one day, you, you forfeit the preparation. Then you call and say, I'm confused. Yeah, and if you come and you are confused, the only way we can give you an answer that will satisfy you is if maybe God gives us revelation. Prophetic. But aside that, eh, same way the man or not, we can't say one day, no. Yes, Hallelujah. All right. So that's what your shepherd does. And you must learn to honor your shepherd. Amen. All right. Now, when you are being taught, raised by your shepherd, you start from a point. As we are also here, we are at different levels of our raising. We are at different levels of our raising. For example, there are some of you that are now getting accustomed to the message that you are hearing. So you are here in church, you are listening, but there's so much baggage, you understand, that you are still trying to form an understanding because you need that understanding. You are still trying to form a basic understanding out of what it is that you are being taught. So there are people like that. There are people who also understand it. But that's all. There are people who also are applying it and therefore are being changed and therefore have an experience of what it is that is being taught. They are also there. There are different stages. Some of you are even not sure whether I'm of God. You understand? <laughs> I don't know what your problem is. I don't even know why you want to decide. Uh, this decision, make it every day or every week. You, every time I come to you, just check to see if I'm of God. Don't try to. These people say, you must just decide that he's of God eh, and then conclude. What about the day that me too, I'm in the flesh and I come to you with a word not so much from the Lord? What will you do? So you just decide every day. When I come, check the word uh, and see. Yes, and you don't need to vote on me because even a madman can speak wonderful things. You understand? So you don't need to draw that That sentence is not necessary. Is he of God or is he not of God? Nobody is permanently of God. But you don't understand the message. You just look at the message. So some of you, that's why you are. So I'm showing you how to get out of it. Look at what is being shared, whether it will help you. Follow it if it will help you. But if it will help you, it's not my life. It's not your life. You see? So there are people that are there. So different, different stages. But there is an aim. There's an aim. 
The first aim is that we cross the foundational stage. We cross the foundational stage. The foundational stage is repentance from dead works. The foundational stage is to turn away from evils. The aim is that everybody must cross that stage. When you hear doctrine, doctrine teaches you what evil is. So some of us are now learning what evil is. Then you must apply what you are learning to turn away from what that evil. Then you begin to learn what good is. When you hear it in doctrine, you heard what good is, but you don't know what good is yet. The more you turn away from evil, the more you understand the nature of good. That's how it is. So you begin to learn what good is. Does that make sense? So the aim is that we cross that basic level. Some people call it maturity. That's the aim. All of us must cross that basic level. Why? Because the aim of God is not just to teach us. The aim of God is not just so that we turn away from evil. The aim of God is that there is a place in him that we ought to fit. And in that place, he fills us so that he also may be manifested through us. The aim of God is that we form part of his body. Huh? The Paul said that by one spirit have we been baptized into one body. So to be immersed into the body, it is by the spirit of God. Listen, it's by the spirit. It's not, it's not what I'm preaching to you that immerses you into the body. It is the spiritual knowledge or revelation that comes from the Lord. Through you. Remember, the Lord is the good shepherd. I'm a shepherd. Your pastors are shepherds, but there's a main shepherd. I'm a priest. The Lord is the high priest. You understand that? The high priest work is within. The normal priest work is without. The revelation or the understanding that the Lord brings to you, that is the spirit. It is that spirit that baptizes you into his body. You begin to experience the revelation of the spirit as you cross the threshold or the foundational line. As you move on from the basics into the mature state. So at a level where you are now beginning. You see, I keep telling you the word of God, when you learn it, when you learn it, and you apply yourself to it. One of the discoveries you begin to make is about your unique vessel, your own unique vessel, and the kind of usefulness that God wants out of you for the sake of the specific church. I've taught you this, right? So as you are developing in the Lord, you come to terms with your own unique vessel. Now, you don't come to terms with your unique vessel at the beginning stage. First, we are talking about the specific church and how that the specific church will grow when we all contribute our quota, isn't it? Now, you cannot contribute your quota except you cross a certain stage in your development. At a stage where you, you are trying to understand the word of God, even know that it is the word of God, you cannot begin to know about your unique vessel. At a stage where you are now trying to even understand that the evil with you is indeed evil and that it is not good. Some of you are into evils that you don't even know that they are evil. You, you, you have heard it, but you have not come to terms with the fact that it's an evil against God. At that stage, you are not cleared. You don't have clearance to begin to discover your unique vessel. You don't have clearance. You don't have clearance. So it is not just that as you have entered church and you have sat and you've heard the word of God, then you have identified a calling. No, you don't just identify a calling. To identify a calling is meant for those that can pick up perception in the spirit. It is those that can find God in the spirit. Because it is God that calls a man, not a man that calls another man. I can call you. It is God that will call you. 
If God will call you, then you must hear his voice, isn't it? And you cannot hear the voice of God except the veil is removed. And Paul said that that veil is the flesh. Except there is a circumcision of the heart. A man is blinded, cannot see God. If you begin to discover God, you begin to discover your unique vessel and therefore your unique calling in the body. So we don't just enter church and we are in the body. There is a potential as to where we could fit in the body, but it has not come to us by revelation. We don't know it yet. So maybe you are here, you don't know what you are doing. You know, we talk about the work of God and being a part of the work of God, you don't know. It's because you need to go further. You need to develop further. You need to overcome further. And the basic thing that everybody must do in order to cross that stage is to apply themselves to the doctrine that they are hearing in life. You must, you see, those that don't make a big deal of the doctrine as we hear it, they need another man to assign them a duty because they can only hear in the flesh. And the kind of duties I can assign you as another man is that be in ushering. Be in media, play the keyboard, be in the choir. It's finished. Go and teach in Sundays. That's the one I can assign you. But that's not what the Lord assigns. What the Lord assigns is the godly output that must come out of you. It's not the physical, go and teach it. It's what you can bring, which is of God. And that one, it is the Lord that assigns. Those that do not apply themselves to the word of God, what they can take is that a man says, hey, did you be the video guy? So you may be doing the video guy and you think you are in the ministry, but you are not. You are not in the ministry. You are not functioning in the body. There's a spirit that must come out of you. That is the divine output. That is the Lord going out of you. When that spirit is not coming out of you, what you are doing, you have not discovered your ministry yet. You have not found your place in the body. Because in the, if you find your place, what you, what you give out is spirit. It's not flesh. It's spirit. There's a certain wisdom that comes out of you. So for instance, maybe you are doing camera. If God enters this, your camera work, in a certain spiritual way, you will turn this thing into something else. It will, it, it, the camera thing then becomes just an output. But with every usefulness, there's an outward side of it. You understand that? Because I'm holding the mic, I'm talking. That's the outward side. But there's a, a force that must be coming out of me. It is that force that determines my calling. That determines where I am. That determines my unique vessel. But that force is coming from a certain place in God. It's coming from a certain place in the body. So maybe that force is coming from here, in the body of Christ, in here. So I give out the force that belongs to the Lord in this part of his body. And that shows that I'm in the body. Not that I can speak. Not that I can hold the mic. Not that I have a voice. It is the force, the living force, the edifying force that is coming. That shows where you are. No, it is that force that carries life. That is what will build the Lord's church. Hallelujah. That is what will build the Lord's church. Not the external thing. The external thing just becomes the home of the living force. When a person discovers where they are, their unique vessel, what they give out is that force. Is that life? They give out life. Hallelujah. When Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith, they lay hold of eternal life. What we lay hold is a place in the body. 
And that is what we give. That's what we give. That's what we give. And one that is not spiritual cannot lay hold on any place. For example, my ministry, I found it in the spirit. It is not a man that told me that you can do this. Actually, almost every man I knew told me that I can. And I, they didn't see what I could, I could give. It's not a man. It's a discovery in the spirit. What is a mystery? Something that you have not discovered, isn't it? It's not something that is not there. What you have not discovered, it is there. If you have not discovered, it's a mystery to you. So your calling, where you are in the Lord, your unique vessel may be a mystery to you, and it's because you don't have the eyes to discover it. What is that which reveals? Isn't it light? You don't have light to discover it. And so what it is that you are in the body of Christ, you, you will not know. The shepherd's work is to teach you and raise you and the final place is that you find your location in the body. So if you will sit here, listen, if you will sit here and keep hearing the word of God and not just pack it and say one day, but you do today huh, with the word of God and apply it, just by hearing the word of God and applying, by hearing the word of God and applying, you will be discovering yourself. You will be discovering yourself. Hallelujah. What I'm telling you is not a lie. I'm sure there are people who can testify. You didn't need to, a prophecy. Hallelujah. You, you didn't need a prophecy. By the application, I kept with me, so who prophesies to me? Because I, 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 I mean, I'm just there. You understand? Eh? Some of the people you could make contact with don't even believe in your doctrine. So you are there. Who will lay hands on me? A long time since somebody laid hands on me. A long time. Yes. Hallelujah. So what we, we won't catch anything, we catch it in the spirit. You understand that? Yeah. And the word of God should bring you to that place. And that's what your shepherd is for. So in this unique or specific church, this is what we are doing. We are teaching you. And as you sit under the teaching and you apply it as you go out there and you overcome as you are, you go out there, you'll be turning into a certain kind of person. Like Ella, you'll be turning into a thumb in the body of Christ. That's what you'll be turning into. It's, it's automatic. Everybody grows into what they were meant to grow into. You see, when you were born, this pastor sitting there was there. When you were growing, this is what you are going to become. You are not the same. You are not the same. Every child grows, isn't it? But every child is different. After when you put many babies there, Except you use color and a few head shapes. Many of the babies look the same. But we grow into different people. So in growth, what you become is in growth. Yes, and your usefulness is in growth. It's in development. If you develop, if you think you are developing and you are not finding your place in the body, you are not developing. That's the message. You are not. You can convince yourself, but you are not. If you are really developing, you will find your baby are developing into a neck. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the body. And you will discover, because it will come to you. Your eyes will begin to open. Your heart will be inclined towards a certain usefulness. Not in the canal you know. Spiritual, you, you will see God's purposes in a certain way. You will see God's plans in a certain way. That one, it is God that will bring it to a man cannot. What I can do is that you, your work is to take offering. 
that we must assign because as a natural group, like this, we must be organized. Do you understand? But there's the spiritual one that is actually going to change the nations. And that spiritual content is what we are looking for. And the shepherd that is set over you, the aim is to raise you. So that's the point where you meet God. You see, where you meet God now. That's your discovery. The shepherd's work is to bring you to that place. And when anybody that meets God lives with something from God for others, two of us, if I meet God, I should leave the presence of God with something that will benefit the common good. Anyone that meets God is like that. So if you don't know what you are up to, you have not met God. Even if it is prophesied to you that this is what you are up to and you have not met God, it will still not be useful to you. You hear it for a season, feel happy with yourself, and then that will be it. Sometimes some of the prophecy, they come to you, stay with you for some few days, and you return to the false setting, factory setting. You just keep the prophecies there. Yes, I don't forget that it's not a lie. Work on finding God. Work on becoming what it is that you need to become. Work on paying attention to the work that God is constantly bringing to you. And let that work influence you all the time. And you find that one day you'll be standing somewhere bringing out a certain output. And you remember the vision. You remember the dream. You remember the prophetic word. You, oh, yeah, it happens to me all the time. It happens to me all the time. The one thing that I learned was that if I receive a prophetic word, I keep it in my head that this thing will happen. So it's a signpost kind of in my head. You understand that? But as to how I will fulfill it, I don't look at the prophetic word to try and fulfill it. I look at God and how God is leading me through his word. But what I find is that one day I'll be standing and say, ah, this time posted up paga, paga. It's like in the vision, you saw paga, you see, but when you are standing by the sign post, ah, this was the vision. Do you see? This was the vision. Sometimes I go back to check some of the visions, the ones that I can find. And I realize that we are inside. You understand? How did we find ourselves inside? Not by looking at the vision and forcing everything to be for it to become like that. But by following the word of God, applying the word of God to our lives, then we were changing. We're changing. We're changing. We're taking steps. Then found ourselves there. Hallelujah. So the specific church is made up of people that are being changed, but we are all going towards one place. The place is the body. The place is what? The body. And the more of us that find ourselves in the place, which is the body, the more of God will be disseminated unto others. That's why the Bible says, when the Lord shall have built up Zion. The building of Zion is, us, is in we discovering our unique vessel through overcoming. We fit into a certain place in the body. When the Lord shall have built up Zion, huh, he shall appear in all his glory. He shall appear. So the Lord is building a new church. Hallelujah. How is he building it? He sets shepherds over you. What are the shepherds doing? Teaching you so that you may be introduced towards the good shepherd, isn't it? In, when you find the good shepherd, what do you do? You discover your unique vessel. When you discover your unique vessel, what do you do? You begin to contribute, isn't it, to the growth of the church. 
to in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 3. Look at what he says. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whether I have driven them out. Now, this is gathering. You know, when you enter the church, then you've been gathered. No. The natural gathering is not this. The proper gathering is we are through the word of God. We are being gathered from the evils. That, those are the countries. Yes, and from the evils and the false ideas. So God is gathering. That's what I say. God is gathering. So even though we say that what we believe makes us form part of the Lord's new church, it's not as we sit here. It's in how many of us the Lord can gather. Those are those who are spiritually in the new church. Please understand that. Not as many of us that sit here. It's a gathering. And I'll gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whether I have driven them, and will bring them again to their what? Foes. And then what will happen? And they shall be what? Fruitful and what? Increase. Where is the fruitfulness? Your unique vessel. In the body. The body is for what? Expression. That's the definition of body. For expression. The body is for expression. The body is for expression. That's the definition of body. Hallelujah. And they shall be fruitful and increase. Now, now please talk about how that the body will edify itself in love. As you are sitting there, if you are not making spiritual progress, do we even know what to do? This year. There's someone who says, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I say, you have not met God. You see, you have not developed, keep overcoming. It's possible maybe what you hear from here, you don't do anything with it. You are still your old self. You can't find God that way. You can't discover your place in the body that way. You can't. You can't. May the Lord help us. The Lord will help us. But we also have to allow him to help us. What do you think? We shouldn't be hearing the word of God and doing one day. We must be doing what? Day one. May the Lord help us. 